Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Chandra and I'm tonight's co-host studying communicative sciences and disorders with a minor in childhood and adolescent mental studies. And I'm currently a founders RA and a senior. Wonderful. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Chandra, welcome to oh, thank you. the cold seed. It's a <laughs> the little cold, cold seed. Yeah, it's right a little cold. Now, right? No, you're right. And wintry. Yeah. Founders Hall. Beautiful. You like it? I love it. Yeah. How has that experience been for you this year? First year RA coming mm-hmm. in and yeah. trying to build community with first year students. Yeah. I mean, it's been pretty great. I really love my floor. I've been having a great time over at Founders. We've got a great team over there. Wow. Yeah. And communicative studies yes what is that (laughs) so communicative science and disorders that's pretty much uh like speech pathology and audiology um so i'm hoping to be a speech language pathologist um yes that's that's pretty much what i do so in that major do you Mm -hmm. go out into schools and help prepare students and build lesson plans and things like that or is it totally different application yeah, at some time, some of the people, yes, you can go into schools and stuff. So personally, I would like to work with students that have special needs and kids that have special needs to help with like language acquisition. Um, so that's something that I'm really interested in. But I know some people, you know, they can work with stroke patients and all sorts of different uh, communities that might need some rehabilitation. Such important work. Yeah, it's that's really cool. so important. Uh, favorite aspect of being at NYU for you? I mean, it's got to be the access to everything. There's so much around. There's so many things that NYU has available. And there's also just so much in New York to just get into and have access to and, you know, connect with. Have you ever served as kind of a a visitor to New York and gone to some of the great sites (laughs) and and done the touristy things? I've done a few. You know, I'm hoping now that I'm a senior, I kind of want to go on one of those big bus tours before I graduate. you got to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, just for the heck of it. So you didn't go to um, Flurry? Unfortunately, no. I was busy that okay. night. All right. They had the big bus. That's why. I yeah, said I know. It was unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great guest tonight. Who is our guest tonight? Today, our guest is Matt Mazur, who served as an RN Weinstein from 2008 to 2010 uh, under Katie Winner. Welcome, Matt, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. Uh, how are you and where are you? Hi, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys as well. Uh, I am currently living in Forest Hills, New York, and uh, and and I split my time between New York and New Jersey. And right now, I uh, I'm a dad. You might hear my son in the background because uh, it's my turn today to pick him up from daycare uh, while my wife's at work. So so yeah, so I'm in, I'm a new father, and I run two companies uh, doing like 550 children's music performances a year. And my specialty is working with audience members who have autism. Fantastic. Matt, it's great to hear your voice and welcome back to your alma mater via the podcast. Um, We're looking forward to hearing about your journey, but first let's take a step back, Matt. Tell us a little bit about what you studied while you were here at NYU. I studied uh, musical theater and drama at Pitch. I studied how to create theater for children and young audiences. What I do is I work with children uh, and I, you know, do over 550 shows a year. I have a team of musicians who uh, go out and do shows with me. And uh, we work with places like New York Public Library 
And I have to tell you, you know, a lot of my career actually started at Boast. Uh, we had such a phenomenal library at New York Public Library at, at NYU, where I did most of my work. And that's where I truly fell in love with libraries, was going to Boast all the time and getting all my reading and all my work done. That's super interesting. So I guess you went a lot to Boast. You got to do a lot of research. Were you involved in any like extracurricular activities and things while you were here? Yes. Well, you know, I did a lot of productions and performances around New York City. If I wasn't uh, creating my own shows and performances, I was uh, uh, interning with places like uh, Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, which is like a hit off-Broadway show, and it's like a sketch show. And I was doing things with the Upright Citizens Brigade, and I was doing a lot of uh, work with uh, I was doing a lot of performance work, sharing my work at open mics, and I was going to a sidewalk cafe, uh, which is like the place where musicians show their work. And I would wait, if I had to, until 2 a.m. in the morning to show off my original work because I was just very dedicated. And now I'm here. I'm like a hit children's musician. It's like amazing. It's it's incredible, uh, like a little over a decade later, just uh, where I ended up. So, Matt, what made you want to be an RA back in those days when you had such a busy schedule doing all these performances and, and things off campus and on campus? The RA training process was actually really interesting to me. It was actually something I could envision myself doing. And I remember my RA, when I was a sophomore, his name was Nate Crossley. He would have everybody over his apartment. If I ever felt stressed out, I could go to his apartment just whenever and talk with him. He was great. So when the time came up, he's like, hey, you you should think about applying to become an RA. And he's like, I'm going to try and recruit you here from Lafayette. You'd be amazing. And I ended up in Weinstein. But that was actually what started that process. And I mean, I would work on Friday nights and Saturday nights trying to get that application done because I was like, instead of going out, like, I really want to pursue this opportunity. It seems like a really great thing that I'd be good at. That's super cool. It sounds like a, like you kind of got into it because you had this great relationship with your RA. Did you have, do you feel like you had that same great relationship with your own residents or like, are you still in contact with any of them now? I talk to all of my residents on, on a regular basis. They will message me on LinkedIn or Facebook. They'll like my stuff. They'll, they'll like comment on my pictures with my baby and they'll be like, oh, it's so inspiring. And, you know, I think my hands down favorite part of the experience was the residents being with students who were going to become doctors and who were studying economics and who were going to be human uh, in human resources and all these different fields. It was just really interesting. You know, uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the job was all all the diverse um, majors that students were. And everyone was so friendly. You know, I had like two really friendly floors of students, which I was very grateful for. Matt, talk a little bit about being an RA in Weinstein and the peers that you had. It, it seemed to me that it was always a very close relationship among the RAs in Weinstein. You know, it's actually interesting. You know, Lauren Bosch and Justin Silver, my residents became RAs because I also was like, you guys should apply to be RAs. Same thing Nate did to me because they were just like, standout students on the floor and but everybody had that kind of energy they were doing extracurriculars they were very motivated and here i was like a junior and a senior and i was like wow my residents are really motivated i should i need to step up my game these guys are great so i, I was so fascinated by their curiosity and 
um, how, how, how much they did. So that definitely fostered a lot of uh, good vibes. I, I love my co-RAs, uh, Evan Geary and Andre Bryan. They were like uh, amazing, amazing co-RAs. You know what's also great? I've actually worked with some RAs professionally and I've, I've done some stuff and everybody, you know, knows about my work working with kids with autism. And um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, that just very friendly people. I find that very friendly people become RAs, you know, and people who like helping people. Yeah, that's super interesting. Was there anything, I guess, that surprised you about being a, an RA while you were in that role? I think being an RA, you know, I, w- I would say the one of the toughest things was, was mediating conflicts. Um, one thing that caught me by surprise was I learned firsthand. I was like, oh, you know, two of my residents are having a conflict. And uh, one would tell you a story and it would be very compelling. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty much. And then the other person would say their side of the story. And that was just as compelling. So it really, I was like, wow, both of them sound pretty justified in their reactions and behaviors. So it taught me to be an objective listener and it taught me to, you know, not take sides and to just listen to everything as objectively impossible. And also, you know, there were a couple of scenarios where I had to, you know, uh, calm people down. And I remember I, I, I de-escalated a, a, a student who was very hostile. And that was an experience that I thought was super cool. I was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. That's pretty awesome. Matt, maybe you could talk a little bit about attending a non-traditional institution like NYU. Uh, did you feel like you missed anything in terms of the undergraduate experience of, of college? You know what I thought was a big deal and actually wasn't? Joining a fraternity. I thought that was like a big deal. I made so many friends at NYU. I would like go to lunch with and have lunch with and sit at the table. You know, they're now they're on Saturday Night Live and they're off doing movies. And they're doing these really big projects or they're doing Doctors Without Borders. I mean, just incredible. incredible. You know, I think that the other thing that's amazing about NYU is you have so many outside the box thinkers. You know, and now some of my friends are starting to run for political office. I mean, there's really bright people going to the, the school. And as you're as you're working in your professional career, you could really tap into people. Um, even 10 years later today, I got off the phone with someone who's going to be a contractor for my company. And he was just a friend from NYU. And now he's doing like really big, big projects with like Sesame Street and uh, Peppa Pig. It's pretty awesome that you could just sort of tap into that network. And and it's just that's the guy who was, you know, in your dorm. And that was certainly part of your M.O. of being such a really wonderful person to listen and talk to. So uh, but Matt, so far, it's been great talking with you. We're going to take a break, a short break. Uh, But when we come back, we're going to jump into your current role and the great work that you're doing out there with kids and in the performance space. We will be right back. Hey, guys. My name is Jake Arkey, and I was a Lafayette resident from 2006 to 2008. And I would love for you to go check out www.sosayweallonline.com. That is for a nonprofit literary arts and storytelling outreach that I formed with another NYU grad and is going strong. And we're always looking for people to submit their stories, to put them on stage or in books. We just want to hear your voice. So check us out. Welcome back, Matt. We've just heard from you kind of about some of your experiences here at NYU. And now we're going to talk a little bit about what you've been doing since you've left NYU. So let's start off with talking some bit about your work doing the autism friendly shows. How did you get started doing that? 
I did graduate in 2010, and it was it was at the heart of the Great Recession. So there were actually were not a lot of job opportunities. Uh, I moved to Brooklyn, and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I just I don't think I'm ever going to find a career in the arts, and this is crazy. So I moved back in my parents' house, and I was like, I guess I'll go to graduate school. And I went to a local community college, a local state college called Montclair State University, and they had this fabulous autism center for autism and early childhood autism and early childhood mental health and i fell in love working with very young children and children with autism i was also doing music classes in 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 district 75 schools and, and special needs schools in new york city and i was uh doing music classes at at a ymca and people just my classes started filling up with people and, you know, suddenly celebrities who lived in Montclair, New Jersey, were coming to my classes. People were knocking on the window being like, oh, my goodness, look who's in Matt's class. And I was doing these high energy music performances. And then um, an opportunity came up to work for like a franchise who does this. And I looked at it and I said, wait a second. When I went to NYU, I learned how to do all these things. So I essentially started my own program. And essentially, I started off with one booking back in 2012, and now I do 550 shows a year. I just did four performances the other day. There's an autism center. I'm going to do 18 performances where I travel classroom to classroom doing 30, 40-minute performances for each classroom. You know, So I do a lot of performances a day, and it's strictly entertainment. It's not therapy. It's not, you know, um, it's, it's strictly like... Um, I, I got a graduate degree in, in something called uh, DIR, uh, which is a, a type of autism intervention that focuses on relationships and following the child's lead. And essentially, the show, I'm like Rafi or Lori Berkner. I come into the school and, you know, the teachers are so are so they do the toughest work working in human services is the toughest work. So I come in. And I do some of the best music classes and programs. And, you know, coming from my musical theater background, I play over 60 different instruments. So I bring in all my unique instruments from Thailand and Portugal and from Australia, from places I've traveled to. And um, I just let kids try instruments. And I do comedic programs. And I do big, giant bubbles. And kids talk about me. Like I'm like I'm Christmas. Matt, I, I, I got to ask you, uh, Matt, what what made autism the vehicle for you to uh, the platform for you to want to work through? I started working with students with autism and I fell in love with it. It just it just was so much fun. And I got my graduate degree uh, in early childhood development and intervention. Uh, because I was doing this work and I was like, I want to step my game up. So I got this two year degree. I started um, doing doing performances for schools, and I met my wife. I was working at an autism center in Midtown, Manhattan, and I was just coming in doing holiday programs and music programs for the kids. And my wife asked me out, and her brother has autism, and I was like, this is great. I love this work. It's amazing. And, you know, now we're married and everything. So I think that was that definitely played a role in it. But, you know, my 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 cousin, they have a son who has like severe autism. And it's always been a something I've been interested in, something I've always felt like I could do a really great job doing performances. And um, and, and I started 
you know, studying children's theater, I worked at New Victory Theater thinking, you know, maybe I should go into like children's theater administration. I should get a nine to five job. Uh, I should try and get health benefits and and 40 hours a week and work, you know, 10 to 6 p.m. and all that stuff. And uh, and suddenly I started just getting in all these bookings for my business. And I was like, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not a real job. Like, I don't know. And so now 10 years later and uh, it's 20, 2020, I'm just doing like every single day of the year is booked up just doing performances. So Matt, I actually was introduced originally to your project Turtle Dance Music in a very uh, interesting way. Um, I work a lot also with kids that have autism, but I believe you work a lot with someone named Dave. Um, Dave Colicchio. Yes. Um, but yes. his, he's, I guess, was went to college with uh, the artist who's Charlie Puth, and I used to watch him a lot um, on YouTube back in around 2010. Um, so I just happened to see that Dave was doing, uh, I believe, your space album with you. And I got, uh, I ended up kind of playing it for some of the kids that I work with, and they were super into it. Um, and that's kind of how I was first introduced to your work, which was super cool. Well, what's interesting about this program is we, we do two different types of shows because we also work with like kids who don't have autism or what's called neurotypical children or typically developing but what's normal who's normal so uh we do we do programs for kids who don't have autism and um that is one of our shows uh we there was a whole summer reading theme because all the, we were new york public library's main music performer and provider were one of the main providers for them uh actually i just did a show today in the bronx at throx neck the branch it was we had like a ton of people there we had like 40 50 people there it was absolutely amazing the parents loved it and um so essentially we do like steam performances science technology engineering arts and math shows and that's where space falls under and then we have our autism friendly performances and over the summer i've been invited to perform for delaware's first lady she's hand selected us to perform for her the secretary of education for delaware dr susan bunting so mad it's really interesting so you're running your own business so you're an entrepreneur and a performer how do you balance building your own business and being creative to do the aspect of you know, writing a show, writing the music, playing 60 instruments. I mean, all of that is, is pretty intense. It's not always easy, you know, so uh, you and you have to be ready for you have to put yourself out there, you know, and develop material. And sometimes, you know, I can do 549 really amazing shows, get feedback. If you look on our Instagram channel uh, on our page, one librarian was like, I'm so grateful to know that there are people like you in the world. You'll get reviews like that. And then if, if a show is like mediocre or it's okay, no one's going to want to have you back. You can't even do mediocre work. Like it's not like, and there's a lot of, you know, child music and that's okay and good. But in this type of work, you have to be phenomenal. You have to be amazing. Otherwise you don't get, you don't get rebooked. Who wants a like a mediocre performer? And as a parent, on to like some children's performances it is dreadful to sit through like 30 40 minutes of like a really bad children's show so i want to make sure it's uh, being a parent is tough it's draining it's challenging i want to make sure that our shows uplift people and inspire people and energize people yeah so it seems like i guess you've had a lot of shows so far then has there been have you had a favorite show um that you've done 
I actually work with a special needs school in, in Comac and this in Long Island. And I don't know why this sticks out, but some of their students, I mean, they all perform for like 200 kids with like severe, like physical challenges and kids are missing their hands and they're and they're missing parts of their their head and i'm playing like beatles music for the kids and my high energy music and at the end of the show this little boy who has like two fingers literally one of his hands is two fingers he comes up on stage as everyone's saying goodbye and he strums my guitar with his fingers and just like all the teachers are like oh my goodness like they're like nobody ever interacts with him like and like it just was like a real that like stuff like that happens all the time in my work but that's just like one moment where i'm just like that it was truly incredible and I, i'm going back there to do a, a dr seuss program in february so matt what do you do to prepare for the day of you know what is your kind of preparation you're going to be on uh, really engaging young children who are really looking to be engaged with. Um, you know, how do you how do you get ready? Because that's got to be a lot of energy expended. I read about four books at a time every week. Um, in this field, when you work with kids with autism, there is a lot of emphasis on being trustworthy, and there's a lot of emphasis on being an expert and a professional and someone who knows what they're doing. You know, I'm working alongside um, occupational therapists, speech therapists. I'm working with physical therapists, music therapists. I'm working with people who really know their stuff. So I have to make sure that I'm reading about Temple Grandin or Carly Fleischman, or I'm reading about sensory challenges, or I'm reading about early childhood development and how to honor the child and follow the child's lead and how to make shows that aren't too overwhelming, but that aren't too understimulating. You, you're just constantly testing things out. Um, and literally, you're, you, I wake up at 5.30 some mornings and I utilize every minute of the day. And if I don't, things don't get done. You're definitely in an industry that's evolving and ever-changing. So what are some of the issues, I guess, that you are facing with everything moving so quickly and going in different directions? I see you're staying in touch by reading all the books, but is there anything else you're doing? I belong to an arts and special education consortium. We go to meetings and we meet up every month. There are art teachers and music teachers and music therapists and principals. And we get together and we talk about ways that the arts benefit children with autism. And then I like to go to conferences for uh, the ICDL, which is the Interdisciplinary Council for Development and Learning. There, uh, and, and one of my teachers from Montclair State University, you know, he, he, he's part of that program. I also, I like to go to, I like to go to programs with the NYU Music Lab. There is a professor named Alex Ruthman who does incredibly innovative programming with music and technology and a lot of my kids and teens and adults with autism really love technology so i love just that you know i play a lot of classical instruments like guitar and didgeridoo and hammer dulcimer um, but i'm experimenting with using technology to make music now because that's kind of where everything's going and sometimes if I want to travel across the country, it's easier to take an iPad than to take a guitar on an airplane. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. Last question before we go to speed round. What are you most proud of? Just how, how I developed both of these companies, AutismFriendlyShows.com and Turtle Dance Music. I mean, I literally started 
working at my parents' kitchen table. And then essentially I took all the skills I learned at NYU and I turned it into a full-time business. And, and I'm very proud of it because I really take care of the people we work with and everybody has us back every year. So, you know, we must be doing something right. And um, I think the other thing is just being a father, you know, my goal is to be an amazing father and to just be like, this uh, incredible husband and that takes just as much work as like preparing, reading about autism. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of self work, you know, and you have to work on yourself every day. Time for speed round. Uh, Chandra, you'll start off first. Yeah, I got you. So I'm just going to ask you a couple quick questions. Uh, so what is your all time favorite book? All time favorite book would be, uh, I have two answers to that. My favorite book, I read it in high school, so I don't like to talk about it too much, but Harpo Speaks, my other book that was just a huge uh, influence on my life, um, would probably be uh, Temple Grandin's work, uh, Thinking in Pictures. You know, she says the world needs all kinds of minds, and I just her, her, and I've seen her speak publicly. She's at, I read all her books. She's phenomenal. She's fabulous. And then Carly Fleischman, her book too, was just amazing how she learned how to type through her iPad. Oh, and Stephen Hawking. I love those books. I'm, I love to worry about things. So I love all his books about science and the universe and all that stuff. Um, but definitely those two books about autism, Temple Grandin and Carly Fleischman's work are phenomenal. Wonderful. We're going to get you back so, on the speed part of the rounds. <laughs> Favorite NYU professor? Ruben Palendo. He was the head of Tisch. Wonderful. What was the best program you put on as an RA? The best program I put on as an RA? Ah, you know, it's funny. It's one where only one person showed up, but it was wonderful. We did a pumpkin carving program. And Justin Silver was the only person to show up. And that's the conversation where I told him he should apply to be an RA. But I have done other things like the San Gennaro Festival. And I've taken all my residents there. And, and I've taken them to the Brooklyn Bridge Park and stuff. And that's super beautiful. They absolutely love that. Uh, any celebrity sightings at NYU? I saw Glenn Hansard from The Frames carrying his guitar. And I followed him for a couple of blocks. I had to just like, no, I, I'm not going to say hello to him. So I, I, yeah, I left that alone. So what was your favorite part of living in Weinstein? Uh, my favorite part of living in Weinstein was that the dining hall was right downstairs. Oh my goodness. If there was a night where I was working through the night, I could get breakfast and a cup of coffee and treat myself. Hands down the best thing in the world. I don't care about Hayden and the fact that they redid that nice new spaceship dining hall. Weinstein was right there. There you go. Uh, finally, last thing is um, any other shout outs? You gave a whole bunch of shout outs. Or is there any other RAs that you haven't mentioned already that you wanted to make sure they're on your list? I want to give a shout out to Kenneth and John Moran, who lived in Hayden. I was a freshman. They did a lot of engaging programs when I was a freshman. Uh, and uh, Kenneth actually gave me a guitar. Because they were like going to France, they're moving. So he gave me a guitar that I used in my first music classes for free. I told everybody about that. It's amazing. <laughs> and there's still FFIRs over in Lipton now. We changed the name of the hall. Wonderful. Well, Matt, thank you so much for spending this time with us um, and taking the time to discuss your journey and your life now and after being at NYU. Um, as always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with other RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version of life. Matt, what an inspiration you are to really give back to, uh, you know, kids, kids who really 
do need love, who need attention, and who need to be recognized as people. So thank you for what you're doing. It, it, it's really an inspiration for all of us. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. You're most welcome. Special thanks to my engineer, Jennifer Sanchez, and our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang, and to the current professional staff and the alum like Katie Winner, who uh, assisted these great RAs and skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the NYU RA alumni website at where-ra-now.webflow.io, which lists RA favorite books and picks of all-time favorite memories. Until next time, think about how you can make a difference in the life of others. Have a great night.